That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Podcast. Ooh. What's up, jobbers, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestle Media alongside for the ride that is for a man that really doesn't like to hug me, but when we come together, the crowd pops. JC. Yeah, because that would be a cold day in hell. But uh, yeah, that would that would be a big pop uh, for the people if that ever happened. What's with the sage? I don't know. It's just bright in here, you know. In the words of Billy Delaney, a sun never was it the sun never sets on a badass, I believe is what he says. So. That, that is true. I, I don't know. Sometimes you know, I just gotta put I gotta change what I look like in the 60 seconds it takes for the video to roll, just so like it throws you off just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I can't let really you get comfortable over I, there. I, I, I didn't you're way too you're... comfortable in your little uh casting couch. So <laughs> the doctor would say. <laughs> anyway. Let's get into the regular part of the show, folks. It is now time for us to have fun. Always in the shine, as Mandy Rose would always be. JC, would you like to start us off? Uh, in honor of Mandy Rose this week, we will be talking about NXT later in the show because, as you see, we're recording on a Wednesday this week because of my work schedule. Same thing as next week, so make a note about that for uh, Nestle and the audience. Uh, these Tuesday night Celtic games are really capping our style. But, yes, so that means we will be talking about NXT later on. Exciting times. They're also gearing up because WrestleMania, we were, I just said to you before, WrestleMania is a week and a half and away, so that's crazy. But that also means, like, this week, past week, SmackDown and Raw were huge in the wrestling world because we had a lot of stuff going. So I'll try to do a quick recap here, and then we can kind of dive into the weeds with it because a lot happened. We obviously started on SmackDown. Cody Rhodes, oh, the pep rally of all pep rallies, trying to get Sammy and KO to come together. The crowd was red hot for this segment. It was a lot of fun. KO still, KO still said, ah, no, I'm good. Uh, later in the night, Sammy and Jay had their face-to-face. This was really good. Usos attack him. Kevin Owens makes the save. And they hug it out in WrestleMania. I had chills for this, even though I already knew it was going to happen. I watched it like two days later, but I still got chills with the hugs. And then obviously then on Raw, they eventually got their Mania match. It's official. Usos versus KO and Sammy. So you're missing a couple different things I want to discuss with you. I know you're you're painting with broad strokes here. Yeah, just uh, trying to set the table here for the head of the table. Yeah, for the tribal cucks of the world. So here we go. So first off, did you think so? There was a Simpsons meme that was hilarious to me that was like Cody Rhodes watching the TV and it was like, Well, my work here is done. And then someone was like, What the fuck did you do? You didn't do anything, but it, it was, was a like, pep rally. It was just like, ah. I mean, the thing is, is like when I was watching the thing with Cody on SmackDown with you know Kevin Owens and and you know Sami Zayn, and he was just like, It's not up to me, sure, I'd love to see it, but what does St. Louis think of it? And it's just like, 
Oh my God. How much of a ham do you have to be? But like it, it worked. worked. <laughs> it worked. I thought and, it was going to be lame as fuck. I was reading yeah. about it. I because I, like I said, I didn't watch it two days later. I'm like, there's no way this is going to be good. This come off the lane. And I watched it. And I was like, Oh wow, this is actually really good. And the crowd was red hot. I was like, Hey, you know what? They can't make a wrong move. I was talking to our boy Dom with this, like off the record. And like, it's just like they literally, no matter what they have done with this feud, like they have just hit like home run after home run after home run. Like there's no strikeouts, no nothing. No matter what calls they've made on this fucking road to WrestleMania, it's worked out. Yes, Doc. Somebody said ham, rum ham, if you know what that is. Of course he does. Look at him. He knows what a rum ham is. <laughs> that guy loves pork. You can look at him and know. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, take it as we, as you will. Anyway, so here's other things that I want to talk about. See, that didn't bother you. Then they had the backstage segment or outside in the alleyway with the car where he was like pleading with him saying, we are brothers, I love you. And then he drove away. Did you think that that needed to be in the ring? Do you think it needed to be somewhere else? Was it okay that it was outside like that? Because I feel like the audience would have really benefited from that being part of it. I think, I think they opinion. did it that way because they wanted to establish that KO was leaving. Um, to kind of set that up. So when he did make his return, it was like he had literally left, but then he like changed his mind and came back. I think that was for that in terms of the story, why they did it. Of course, anything in front of the crowd is going to be better, but I think they used it as a device to set it up later. Uh, the psychology of Kevin Owens in that moment. See, that's a great point. See, I, I love that you can you can spin it the way that you did. So that's wonderful. And then going into something that I watched and, and my friend Atlee Green, who uh, does a lot of great stuff on the internet, go check out Atlee Green. Um, he had a similar point that I, I tend to agree with was if you watch the hug from the wide shot, right? They You see Kevin Owens go in for the hug and you see Sami Zayn back up for a second as if he's going to get hit in the face and then he hugs. And it's the little things like that where it's like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh no, he's going to hug me. And it was just like, it was, and it was just like, yeah, like it was, it was so good because it's the little things that make this bloodline thing keep going on the track that it's been on for so long. And it's not even bloodline related. I mean, Sami Zayn's just Sami Zayn. This could happen no matter what, but these are little things that I'm picking up on where it was like, just that step back before he got the hug showed the anticipation or as well as like, oh my God, am I going to get hit first? Or then, you know, like he didn't know what to expect. So when they hugged the place erupted and of course it was a big, big moment. And I think that's one of the biggest moments in the last couple of years, I would say, because we know what we're in for with, you know, Sammy and Kevin being on the same page and being tag team champions. These guys are going to go to insane levels. I can see some TLC matches for titles here with these guys because they just they're car wrecks. They, they don't mind putting their body through hell for their art. And I'm just really excited to see how long they are tag team champions. Because that's the other thing thinking about if Cody dethrones roman if the usos you know get dethroned by sammy and kevin how long do these go for because you you, you got to think to yourself you have to have the people who beat them have relatively good reigns right because then it's or not i would think that the sammy and ko thing would probably i think that would probably have legs for a little while because i think that's also a good way to keep them both away from challenging cody for a while too because i mean i if if this like cody run has showed you anything like he He's ready for it. And I think WWE is ready to hand it to him is that he's the next guy and he's going to be the headliner for a while. Like, and it's, it's going to whatever, who knows? Will they split the titles again down the line? What I think they're going to do honestly is Cody's going to come out with the title that he wants to come out with. It's going to be one championship. 
And then maybe like the second half of the year, they'd be like, well, Cody, even though you've been on both shows, we want to keep you on Raw. We're going to do a tournament for a SmackDown champion. I think something similar could also happen with the tag titles. I think that they're probably going to combine those belts and have Sammy and KO just bounce from show to show as just the only tag team champions. But as we see most of the time when they do that, they eventually split again. But I do think that there probably will be a significant reign because I think there's a lot of tag teams that would love to work with Sammy and KO. And it's kind of something different for them. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, a dream thing that would be fun. Uh, if a certain somebody little duo comes back at some point uh, this year, that would be a fun little feud as well. So a little bonus hope. Bonus. A bonus, if you will. Um, okay, so we move on to Rob very quickly. I just wanted to state this one thing where it was he talked about KO and and Sami Zayn saying I've been you know I've been your biggest fan forever. We're you know you're better than everybody. And then of course they have that moment with the Usos. I just think when Jay Uso came out, it was just like man, this spit this guy spits fire. Everything about him is authentic. I mean we knew that from the beginning of day one, no pun intended. But like yes. yeah, I was just I was just watching this thing. And then of course at the end, because we can parlay this into the whole thing, because it's kind of a, a bloodline dump at the beginning of the program here. The ending with uh, Cody Rhodes and you know, solo and uh, Heyman and Roman Reigns. Were, oh course, yeah, no, that was mm. that was that was amazing stuff. Um, again, no physicality, which again, they're giving it it's, time to breathe and their psychological. Yeah. So here's but here's another thing that I wanted to to really reiterate here because you know everybody's everybody's putting out the headlines of like Roman Reigns hitting those barbs with like you know you didn't want to do the stardust thing and you ran away you didn't want to you you created your own promotion couldn't get over then you ran away guess what that's what you do run away but this was something that i wanted to say that again wasn't seen by everybody but was seen by me at least and i'm sure other people as well if you watch what happens at the end where he said i think he said the job knocker thread you've been watching that clip all day where he goes you know a roman without a reins a man without a family and a chief with no tribe and then he kind of looked shocked as he was saying how everybody's going to leave him. If you notice, Roman ran away. Roman tucked his, you know what I mean? Like he was the one to leave the conversation. He ran away. So it's it's without saying it, without doing something, when they say a picture's worth a thousand words here, Roman tucked his legs, you know, tucked his tail between his legs here and walked away and ripped Solo a new one in the process, as we saw on Twitter. And I'm just sitting there going, even in just nonverbal cues. Roman Reigns is just so good at finding ways to do something and maximizing his minutes without even talking. And I think that's, if, I, if anybody could study Roman Reigns these last two and a half years, the verbal and nonverbal things he's doing are what make him special. He's not necessarily overly exhilarating in the ring. He's methodical. He talks a lot of shit but it's the nuances in between what he does that makes him the megastar. Yeah. None of this exists without Roman. Like Sammy isn't a thing without Roman. This Cody, Cody already was going to have a rise, but it doesn't get to this level without Roman. Like none of this, the Usos don't get to there without Roman. So it doesn't have an amazing like debut without none of this is because Roman is this, he is the centerpiece of the story. He is the villain. And oftentimes in the best like superhero type movies, the villains are what make it like having an amazing villain. And Roman is, put himself in a position where he's one of the best end bosses of all time. So like just in terms of everything and then he brought everyone up with him. And so that's undisputed right there. But yeah, I want to go back because that promo started with Roman had the advantage and mentally you could see the confidence being like, huh, everything I'm saying is true. 
But then all of a sudden, Cody just responds and has an answer for every single thing Roman says. And like you said, by the end, he completely flipped it towards Roman, where you like he literally like for the first time, you kind of see solo break when Cody hits him with the real truth, because Cody was kind of in his shoes, too, where he was the one being like falling around Randy Orton, where him and Ted DiBiase Jr. were enforcing for Randy Orton. And eventually, like it all comes apart. And eventually they all ditch the leader as the kingdom starts to crumble, as the Roman Empire starts to crumble. And yeah, I mean, Cody, like, you know, like he's a fucking genius with promos, like just how thought out they are, how he delivers them, his pace. So it just hit on the hit on like every single thing along the way, but the little stuff was solo. And even the little line where he goes, and that man becomes an advocate again. You're just like, Oh, got him. And you see Paul. Oh no, 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 no. He'll always be my travel chief. It's just like, it's just like everyone plays their role so perfectly. That's what's made this storyline so seamless, whether it's the Usos, whether it's Sammy, whether it's Cody, whether it's Heyman, whether it's Roman, it doesn't matter who it's been. Everyone fits their role perfectly, but it starts and ends with the tribal chief. And I do like, like you said at the beginning, when we started this conversation is they haven't had to get physical because it's been mental warfare so far. The physical is going to happen at WrestleMania when they probably put on a fucking 30 to 40 minute fucking showcase where they probably don't even touch for the first 10 minutes of the match. Cause it's just going to be all atmosphere. So buckle up, but it's just like, it's cool how they did it. I'm assuming there's going to be something with Cody and solo leading up at some point. Uh, but I mean, hey, look, at we literally got what? We got Cody facing Ludwig Kaiser on SmackDown. Then there's a Raw. Then there's a SmackDown. Then we're at Mania. So, so the, I, I think they already, a lot booked, left. they already booked Solo versus Cody at Raw. Okay. So that's where we're headed. That makes sense. So Hopefully I mean, Solo doesn't beat him up too bad. It'll, it'll be a schmaz at the end because Solo can't lose and Cody can't lose because we're headed into Mania. So, you know, it's, it's a thing. Um, but that's fine. I'm assuming it'll be a giant brawl with all six people just going nuts or something. Yeah, because or... I, I mean, who knows what happens on SmackDown if it's all video packages or if there's pre-taped right. backstage promos. But I assume there's not going to be a ton. Maybe they let Cody go in front of the crowd for one last pep rally or something. But <laughs> one last pep rally. The other thing we haven't talked about here, very quickly, we'll get into other stuff. The J backstage segment with Roman, right? Mm. We didn't really snack on that, but let's let's expand for a second here. Let's let's open up the briefcase. If you look at it, they didn't make eye contact, right? Didn't make eye contact. And then it was that awkward silence. You know, they and that's that's the other thing about Roman Reigns, even Jay, any of them, anybody in the bloodline, they hang on those pauses. And sometimes, like just normally, like as a human being, hanging on those pauses, they just they just don't I don't know, like, like in natural conversation, you don't, you get that awkward pause. You're like, oh shit, I should fill the void. But what they're doing here is they're doing storytelling, right? They're, they're absolutely making you feel uncomfortable by being uncomfortable. And that to me, folks, is again, the nuances of the bloodline. And I will go down on, you know, in record on the book saying this is the best storyline in the WWE history by far. Mm. The longevity Snack on it, baby. What had what it has done for one, two, three, four, five, six people, seven, eight if you count, but we'll do nine if we do Cody and and KO and Sammy. Like it, I mean, it's it's done a number of things for everybody. But what I loved here the best, this was a Han Solo moment here. Oh, where he just looks at him, grabs his leg, and says, I love you. He didn't say it back. Jay did not say it back. And someone's sitting there in back in your mind going, 
is that motherfucker gonna turn on Roman? Because that's what that's what Cody and 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 KO and especially Sammy have said is like you're just mad we did it first because that's what and, you want to do, Jay. And I think it's also important to note is that with the Jay Uso stuff, he didn't choose Sammy, but he didn't choose Roman either. He chose his brother Jimmy, and choosing Jimmy means you're aligned with the tribal chief. Like you're, you're part of the bloodline. It is your family. And Jay has proven, like we saw him, he was the first one that ever like rebelled against Roman. And they had that awesome feud and they came back in the feud and like whatever, but it was like the only reason he came back in the fold was to protect Jimmy then. And then this time, the only reason he's still back with the bloodline standing side by side is to be with his brother, Jimmy. So I think that's also important to note. That's why I love this Jay and Roman interaction because the eye contact and everything's big because Jay doesn't choose Roman. He's not acknowledging Roman. Like that's what part of this is. Like he's acknowledging and choosing his brother. And by default, he's yes, he's under the bloodline win and under Roman. But I thought that was a very good psychological thing they did in this segment. I think they'll continue to tease it. And I think, I mean, what Cody said is right. Like when the kid, when the, the empire crumbles, when Roman loses those titles, the first man to defect is going to be Jay Uso. You know, who's going to walk out behind him. It's going to be Jimmy Uso. And then from there, it's, Roman's going to be looking at Solo and Paul and Solo. His name is fucking Solo. And as we know, Heyman, Heyman chooses winners. That's why he was with Brock Lesnar forever. You know who beat Brock Lesnar in WrestleMania? Roman Reigns. So who is Paul with now? Paul chooses winners. So we say a lot on this program, Paul Heyman. He's a star fucker and a champion. He's a title fucker is what he is. Title fucker. Now I'm saying he a gold digger. But he ain't messing with no broke, no broke. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Some people, some people are gold diggers. Some people are title fuckers. That's all. He's addicted to the power, man. He He's is. He power. really, he really is that stupid parrot, Gilbert Godfrey from Aladdin. Jaffa! Like he's that's what he is. Every time I see him, that's what it is. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. Uh, but we should get into the rest of this bullshit. We've spent almost 20 minutes on the bloodline. Let's get into whether other awesome stuff that's going on here. Um, well, you know where I go, because I say if Cody Rhodes didn't exist, my favorite thing in wrestling is Dominic Mysterio. And I mean, here we go. Here's another thing with the other half of SmackDown and Raw. So I'll try to go through it quickly. We have uh, Dom and Rhea in a mixed tag match on SmackDown against Santos and Zelina. They pick up the win. Then Dom cuts just like it's he's cutting almost the same promo every week, but it's still really fucking good because the crowd absolutely hates him. And Dom's delivery just gets better and better. Ray comes out. I really liked Ray Mysterio's promo here. It was emotional. I felt it. The crowd was really like hating on every word of this segment, but it ends like everyone has ended so far. Ray still refusing to fight Dom at WrestleMania. I mean, he did. He almost teased us too, right? With that whole like punk ass kid comment. Yep. He did. He was building up. That's where the crowd was like, yeah. so because he's yeah. building up and he's going to accept. And then you just get the air pulled out of the balloon when he says, I'm still not going to fight you, son. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, we can we can speculate all we want. We've talked about this a lot uh, off air, but the Hall of Fame to me is now must see. It in years past, you know, if there's somebody that I want to see, a woman or a Mark man, Henry, you know what I mean. That's the like, last one I watched, I think. You know what I mean? But like, and you see clips, and you're like, you know, I don't want to fucking see Kane talk for an hour. But like, you know what I mean? Like, The Undertaker was special, but like, you sit there and you think about it, and you're like, holy shit, like. This is the first time where I've like thought in a long time, like I have to watch Rey Mysterio. When was the last time I was going to say that? But his speech, 
and what goes down. And of course, mm. the precursor to this is that he said, you know, Friday night on SmackDown, the whole Mysterio family will be there. Yeah. So we were having this discussion. Must see TV, baby. We were we were having this discussion because you know they had the Mysterio family in there, of course, with the Seth Rollins eye for the eye, buddy, fucking Aaliyah, the whole fucking whatever. The, is that her name, Aaliyah? I forget, I forget Aaliyah. her name already. Aaliyah. The internet loves her. Um, obviously. But the other thing that I love about this too is, you know, we can, we can sit there and we've had this conversation a bunch, but I, I am curious very quickly, like, cause I asked my wife this question cause she's not a wrestling fan, but I was, I was trying to get a, like a, a temperature on like how this would unfold, right. in like a family situation, right? Like, let's say you're, you have a shitty son like Dominic and you're a dad, like, cause I, you know, I'm a dad and I mean, plenty out here that listen to our dads and, and mothers too. But at no point would my wife say, yeah, go kick my son's ass. So it's like, I know it's wrestling. You, you got to use the logic here, whatever. But like, it's just, it's hard for me to think about, like, what is it going to be that turns Mysterio? Because like I said, I think it's Conan getting, you know, beaten up by Dom and Judgment Day and stuff like that. That would be cool. But I don't think like, unless, and and, and, and again, I had this conversation with somebody else, I think Atlee, but what's it, like when you watched... Jericho and Shawn Michaels when Jericho and Shawn Michaels were having that feud and Shawn Michaels ducked and he punched his wife in the face like I know he's not gonna hit his own mother in the face but if he did by accident like then what you know like I'm trying to think of like well how I, would think you this? I think it could be that Rhea maybe causes her some physical harm or puts oh. her in a headlock some I think that's that's how they get away with it but no I think it's 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 different and I think the Mysterio family because obviously like their dynamic is going to be much different than like most family dynamics. Like it, most families, like it's not the level of physicality would never get to this, but if you, there was a reason why they did what they did at Thanksgiving, what they did at Christmas, they created a track record of him being a shit to the entire family. So maybe you either catch Ray or what Dom is going for, or his mother in a moment of weakness. And that's what I think Dom is going for by provoking. He's going to do all he can. And so whether it's Rhea getting involved with her and Ray having a moment of weakness or whether it's them doing something to Ray and her having a moment of weakness for him, I think that's what Dominic is trying to prey on to get what he wants. Because at the end of the day, this story, like how it's going to end, whether it's at Mania or like further down the line, is that this is always about Dom trying to get the true respect of his father even though like he loves him as a son, but trying to get the respect. And that's a lot of times what happens in these type of stories. When you have a, someone lash out, it's, it's, it's some sort of attention seeking in some way. And for Dom, it's probably about like his dad may not be the biggest superstar of all time, but he casts a big fucking shadow. And that kid's been living with it his whole career. And it wasn't until he broke away that he kind of started to cast his own with his evil judgment day wings. Uh, a lot of shadows being cast here. A lot of, a lot of good little imagery going on here, but but yeah, so I I think there's definitely going to be some provoking because I think that's Dom's plan. I'm curious to see if it's that that works or if it doesn't. But either way, like they're continuing to make this lead in must see TV all the way up to WrestleMania. And I mean, this match might not be booked like what is the Hall of Fame Friday night? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, so it might not even be booked till then or whatever. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But either way, it's like they found a way to make these last few Raw Smackdowns for like these major storylines must see TV. Your boy Joe wants to know if you ham sauced. I am not. If I drank anything, I'd be asleep in two minutes because I literally am running on fumes the past week. So, so he's drinking water. Hydrate. hydrate. I, I am because I think I would literally. If I drink alcohol, I'd be asleep in two minutes. And nobody wants to hear me talk for an hour by myself. No, so not even myself. <laughs> 
the yeah. less fine. Uh, anything else you want to talk about that was super shine worthy? Yeah. Also on SmackDown, we finally got a little bit of heat in one of the women's championship feuds, and it kind of involves uh, two of these people we we're just talking about. Charlotte Ripley, I thought had good promos. I thought this did a lot, um, and I love the Ripley cheap shot that she got in when Dom was melting off to Charlotte because this feud, like we talked about it last week, it was just kind of lame. This uh, this kind of gave it a little fire, a little bit of like something here going in where we saw maybe like a little more of that edge on Charlotte, even though she's supposed to be like the baby face here. But I think this, this is obviously they need to light a little bit of fire. They at least started a spark, I think, to make us a little more interested. But I mean, anytime Dom is melting off to Charlotte, I'm all for it. So this was already a great segment in my book. I did want to point out very, very quickly that this was the first time is the raw one was heavier for me than the one on SmackDown. Or, or vice versa, excuse me, the one on SmackDown, whatever one where they had the brawl, it was like that was on SmackDown. This is that that one, was on SmackDown. That one felt like that had some meat on the bone. Raw felt like sound bites, which was fine. Was Charlotte on Raw? There was something about Rhea Ripley, right? She well, did she was there. She, she might have beat someone. I know oh, Don no. beat Gargano. No, it was Ripley getting interrupted by Bailey. That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay. Which is not necessarily shine, but I will say just the idea of Charlotte and her going back and forth saying, I am the champion. I am the star. I need to be a star to beat you. Like that whole thing, like, okay, now we're getting into it now. Like you don't fear me, but you will when you're done. Like, I love that because it's like, okay, great. Like, and then you, you can see the video packages of like, I'm Charlotte flair. Woo. And then like, blah, 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 blah. and then it's just like, you will fear me. Like, okay, now I'm this in. This is my brutality. Right, exactly. Like, this was the first time where I was like, oh, if this does go on last, this promo on SmackDown made me feel like I feel better about this situation going on last than others. Because what we talked about, the WrestleMania lead-ups for the women in the last couple of years have been worse than subpar, probably dog shit. Yeah. So it's, it's the first time I got excited about it because I was thinking like, hey, this is worth it. This is absolutely worth it for everybody that's watching at home. And I do, uh, this is actually something that I'm glad you hit on here because I wanted to bring it up about the main event thing. Because obviously we've been saying for like months that it would be really cool to have the tag titles main event night one. But I've really thought about the last two weeks when people have bitched and moaned and cried on the internet like the virgins often do. Be like, you know what? We always complain how the Royal Rumble winners never get the main events. Well, guess what? Night one, Royal Rumble winner. Night two, Royal Rumble winner. I'm good on that. But the main reason why I like it is I think... For the bloodline story to be as effective as it can be, I think they need to maintain their power as long as possible. So I think the tag titles have to be on the same night as Roman Reigns. If not, like maybe not even first, maybe like midway through the card or or maybe like the co-main event right before Roman Reigns because I think the bloodline needs to stay intact as long as possible. And then KO and Sammy have their moment. And then maybe as they're walking off, that's when Cody's music hits or something. I don't know. Maybe it's like no, I just... I... I feel like it's it has to be all connected. So having it like the day before and then having us to sleep off the night and grave the next day where the bloodline's already falling apart, I think it all has to happen on the same show. So I think that's the main reason why it mm -hmm. won't main event. But I also think we get the added caveat of like, you bitch every year how the Royal Rumble is in the main event. Well, this year it is, and you still bitch. So virgins, fucking give me your tears. You're a bunch of little bitches. They know what they're doing. You know how many times they've missed during this bloodline feud? Nada. Zip. Zilch. So stop fucking questioning them because you don't know better. They've been fucking nailing it. They're going to continue to nail it. Everything they have done has been so thought out, and how effective it's been has proven that. So shut your goddamn mouth. Enjoy the show. Whoa! I would like to use Triple H's logic against you in this aspect. He loves okay. to start the show off hot and end hot. I think they open WrestleMania yeah, night two. Might. 
yeah, with I mean, that because it's the same show though. That's fine. It's it's the same night. I think, and then 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 you can have the SmackDown thread throughout the three four hours of like, oh, they just lost, and Roman is like freaking out that they lost or that they didn't show up or they're not going to help or like solo's gone like throughout the night you can have little itty bitty things going on so i think in terms of that open and close night two we're done i think that's where we're headed and that's where i think makes the most sense because it's going to be you want to talk about hot you want to start off hot i don't think you get any hotter unless cody rhodes blows the roof off that thing so you know that's where I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, no, it's just it's that my point is that they're both going to be night two, and that's how it should be. Like, it can't it can't be on the two separate shows. Like, night one's going to have the Charlotte Rhea. It has the Logan Paul Seth. Like, it's going to have a lot of the big matches, but these two have to be on night two because they're connected. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I mean, I just kind of said it. Did you enjoy Impulsive as much as I did? Because every time I watch Logan Paul, I'm like, this motherfucker's so good. Like, I'm just waiting for him to be awkward. But, like, when they put him in something like this, he's so in his element. Just with that, like, fucking jokey type feel. And you can, like, now that he's a little more comfortable with the crowd, like, hating him. Like, it's just, like, he comes off and, like, man, he's good. And, I mean, they've, they've done it twice now where Logan just, like, the walk-off KOs of Seth clearly setting it up as this big, like, power thing. And... You know, so that I'm curious your takes on that too, because they're really trying to hammer that over our head, literally. I loved Impulsive. I, I watched him, and I think I wrote down in my notes, like he's just so good at being a dick. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he he's just a is a dick, but it's just <laughs> like he, you know, he is what he has. But it's just like it's hard to like it's the hard. guy. Well, that's I should have picked a different word. Uh, it, he's just not likable, and that's I mean. It's just what it is. And he's leaning into it and it's working and everybody loves it, which is awesome. But the other thing I wanted to bring up here was you saw Seth jump off the top rope and those security guards miss him. He almost ate it and like paralyzed himself in the process. And he gets up and fucking gets whacked, which again is fine. It's just like this, the, in terms of like everything that's going on, it was like, okay, he thought he had the one up and then he did the audio gimmick. And then he was just like, ha ha ha. Then it took forever to get out there. Then they brawled, which again, it was a longer segment, but again, you know, it's, it's worth it, I think overall, but going forward, JC, I'm, I'm leaning towards the idea of where are we going to go next week? Where are we going to go at WrestleMania? What's, what kind of shirkanery are we going to get into here? That's what I want to say. We think Logan Paul is going to be on the show next week. I think you pull out your big guns on the go home. I think week. I think so too, but I I don't know. I mean, and there's no contract signing. There's got to be a contract. Yeah, signing somewhere. I just I don't know what else they really do. Um, I'm sure they could do. I mean, Seth will do something for sure, but I just I don't. I felt like this was the big one, and now I mean, Logan's up 2-0 in the lead in. Like I think that's an important thing, which makes me think that a celebrity might actually lose at WrestleMania since Logan's like kind of like half celebrity, half uh like actual like employed wrestler now so uh that's an interesting thing to watch because it would be surprising to me if logan just completed the clean sweep and just beat him at mania so i think that's intriguing but uh i feel like if they do do something i feel like logan's got to look good again i think he keeps uh, that as the underdog i think that's an amazing point that he has to continue to fight from underneath because if he doesn't then it's just like there's no reason to turn to tune in because he got his shit you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's going to get his shit at WrestleMania when he wins or loses. It doesn't matter. Like either of them to me, like it's almost, it doesn't matter. It's so minuscule where either of them can win or lose at this point, because if Paul loses, he can come out and spin it. If, if Seth loses, he's bulletproof. So it's like, it, as we've seen with his 10 losses, to Cody. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like they're both 
so good at their jobs, it doesn't matter. It just does not matter. Um, anyway, anything else you want to talk about that's uh you know shine worthy or we good? I mean the Bianca KLD on Piper was awesome. It's just like Yeah, that's I, a short, short shine though. Yeah, that's it. That's all that's pretty much all you got. Okay. <sighs> get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. Yeah. All right, so where do you want to start? Where do we well, what, did you, what did you feel about Asuka's uh, heelish turn there after that match? Where so, she I was, so I was excited, and then it like literally like a, it was like a knee-jerk reaction for me, JC, where it was just like, well, why the fuck did we wait this long? Like, exactly. That's like, why I have a problem with it. Because it was like we talked about like how lame it is, and like now you're doing it where there's not much time to digest it. It's just like, well, now they got like a week. What are they going to do next week? Like, just like it's... I, I, it's, it's hard for me because like, so this is the one critique about NXT that I will say that I didn't enjoy going into stand and deliver is there's too many respect feuds and I felt oh, like all respect feuds. Right. And then it's just like, then it's like Bianca and, and Oscar have this like a respect feud. And I'm like, you can't do that too much. You just can't. And it's just like, like you said last week, it was just like, let her be a badass. And this is the first week where I went like, okay now i'm in but it's just like it's like they panicked because they couldn't think of anything they're just like, like they ah. listen to the show and we're like shit they're right we better fucking pull the shoot and do it now <laughs> safe landing for mania it's just like yeah. so here's the thing like i know it's going to be a good match but i won't remember this matchup when it comes to wrestlemania based on everything else i'm excited for for wrestlemania this is not something that i think i'm going to remember down the line i don't probably not but it's, it's tough to say because i mean we've the la- we've complained about the women's lead-ins the last couple of years, and they've arguably had some of the most memorable matches the last couple of manias, uh, which I mean, one of them isn't work for them anymore. Who's been a part of them, but uh, it just, it's, I, I agree. I think this match is going to be a lot of fun, but yeah, I mean, the, the moments are definitely going to involve uh, the Cody KO and Sammy stuff. So it's going to be really hard for other stuff to live up. You know, Seth and Logan are probably going to pull out something ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I tend to agree. And then Dom and Ray could have something special. So, uh, yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. The other thing that threw me off, too, about this was, like, Piper was Chelsea's. Yeah, I don't know if Carmella got hurt or was sick or whatever, but that was weird. It was just like, oh, yeah, Carmella can't be here tonight, so I got I got Piper, which, like, whatever. I mean, Chelsea's awesome. But it, clearly, I feel like that was, like, a, they had to plug and play because something happened, so. No, I know. It was just it was just one of those things where it's probably they were also it like, definitely was, hurt it. it. That also yeah. hurt the segment because Chelsea and Carmella had the lead in, so it it definitely hurt it. All right, moving on. I don't think there's anything on SmackDown that I really hated, so I'm gonna move over to you know what Monday Night Raw. Let's do this really quickly. I I still can't believe that Gargano lost to Dom clean. I like love that. that. I'll like, that win like that. But but here's the other thing too is it's like I thought they were teasing Grayson Waller. And they, they were doing that on purpose. Yeah. But like now he's definitely not part of it this past week. Maybe, but I doubt next week that they're going to have time to do that with mania being that week. But it's just like what they did with Grayson Waller and, and Johnny Gargano with the whole like home invasion thing. And then this past week on Tuesday, like I was just like, Oh, that would have been, it would have been nice to have some type of tie in here to connect last Tuesday to this Tuesday with Monday night raw in the middle. But you know, maybe Grayson Waller is just just at the wrong place at the wrong time in terms of getting Raw or or SmackDown TV time right now. But I think that guy's a superstar. I think that guy's got you know just everything in this world that he, he he's just going to keep going to the moon, baby. Music to my ears. You know how I feel about Grayson. Day mm-hmm. one, baby, with that with that loud mouth Aussie. So moving on, Edge's promo: Leave your fin at home, bring your demon. Eh, we already kind of knew that was happening. It just seems like it was fluff 
fluffernutter, if you will, for the rest yeah. of it. I mean, that one, like we, we talked about it last week, like that thing's sold, so there's nothing to do. Oh, Doc. Sorry, I got your your DM. You just you're a terrible human being. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> say about Doc is just a terrible thank God he doesn't say what he means sometimes. He's just he's he's smart enough. Um <laughs> so so here's the other thing too that, that we didn't really talk about, which is like so Rhea faced Bailey, which was not good. And then the lead up to that was kind of odd. Then the middle of the match, the fucking Becky and the bitches come out. And then it's like, okay, they're eating popcorn. And then there's the fucking brawl. And then all that shit happens. And I'm just like, what the fuck was the point? Like, what, like, what are we doing here? Like, who's the tag team champions? People who aren't defending them. What are we doing? Nothing. Like, nothing was added here. And I think, like, you can sit there and you can get your casual fan. Like, they, they are hanging their hat. They're hanging their hat on the fact that it's like, oh, Trish Stratus, yee! Oh, it's Lita, yee! And it's like, Becky Lynch is a draw, which, again, not wrong for the casual fan. But, like, for people like us who are diehards, or people who are us that are entertained every week in and week out, like, I'm just sitting here going, there is nothing, nothing. Uh, you said something interesting to me there. You said Becky's a draw, but is she if she needs Lita and Trish to do that I, I don't know it's one of those things where i think like with like wrestling fans she's obviously a top star but in terms of like like outreach beyond like there's a reason no. why trish and lena are involved in this because like everyone remembers who they are and they're like top there and like people know who becky and bailey are but i don't think they're on that level yet but yeah this uh you actually filled me in what happened with this because i'm pretty sure when i was watching raw late at night i fell asleep during all of this and then never went back and watched it the next day so i didn't even know any of this happened so i appreciate it but it sounds like it was fucking awful no it, i mean i i was i'm like <laughs> I'm like, usually a big bag of popcorn, big fan. You know what I mean? But then it's just like, you make a great point though, because like Becky is, is what it is. And I love Becky. Cool. Becky's amazing, yeah. but it's just like, it's not Trish and Lita are like different stratosphere. So to speak. no pun intended. What's up, Brocast? Um, Thanks for joining us. So here's, here's something that I want to say is Becky Lynch is a draw for WWE, but Becky Lynch is not a crap, you know, crossover platinum, performer or whatever you want to say like he she's just just she's not to the level of where they try to perceive her as she's yes. just not she's still one of the top and that's not a criticism right that's just no that's just real talk like i mean that's charlotte just, and like is the only one and bianca is getting to that level right sasha was getting to that level like people recognize them and they do other things like it just it's Becky's always been on the cusp, but I feel like she's never got over that hump is what we're trying to say. And I, yeah, I think like, again, if she stayed in her lane in WWE, yeah, she'd be the biggest thing that she could be for as long as she decides to be there. But when she goes out there, it's like, okay, you're still not Cena. You're still not Hogan. You're still not the rock. That's you're sick. not, but you're, but even in terms of the women of all time, she's still not Trish. She's still not Lita. She's still you know, not Charlotte. She, I mean, even like we, we, yes, we're Sasha homers. That's fine. But I would tend to agree that Sasha banks, especially on the role she's going to be on going forward, will have a bigger reach, especially with the Mandalorian. She as did. Well. I mean, even before the so Mandalorian, like, she, she had that bigger reach. It was, it just like, she had started to get herself there. And obviously like the, like all the things about her are recognizable where like, you know, Becky, it, like she eventually got there, but never, it just it's it's different terms of star power, and again, we're not saying she sucks. No, her leg drop amazing. sucks. Her leg drop sucks. But other Nestle than that, hates her leg drop. Yeah, I just her leg drop looks like an she, her it's leg not drop. Great. Her leg drop looks as if Hulk Hogan 
was in a crane being dropped onto a pillow. There's no force behind it. I got got one for you here. What's worse, Becky's leg drop or CM Punk's elbow drop? Oh, 100% Becky's leg drop. Really? Yeah. Although I will, I will, I will talk myself out of this. Somebody else calls himself the best in the world and has the shittiest elbow I've ever seen. So it's hard. It's hard. Watch some Kyrie tape there, buddy. Yeah. But like, I will say this much. Becky Lynch's, you don't, here's the thing. Becky Lynch's leg drop looks like somebody pretending to be a wrestler instead of being a wrestler. That's all I'm saying. So, but CM Punk. Not everyone can be Fondango. CM Punk's fucking elbow blows. Fucking blows. So I, either of them are bad, but I'm taking I'm taking Becky's leg all day. You can do what you want with that comment. Anyway, so uh, moving on, there's not much more left here, but I did want to say on NXT because we're we I, we have we have time to discuss NXT this week because we both watched it. Mm-hmm. There are great points of NXT that I really enjoyed. We didn't put them in the shine, but I did want to say this one thing right now: the schism versus. Andre Chase University <laughs> with Tyler Bate is an eight-person tag at Stand and Deliver. And I was like, I was watching it. You didn't like, enjoy the debate? I was like, so so like I appreciate that they're trying to do something different. And of course, the, the schism strength is when they talk, which again is whatever. And this is like, is Duke Hudson finally gonna turn? He puts up the school without asking. And like, I'm like, okay. See, that at least made it intriguing yeah. to me because I thought this was fucking dumb. But then when he said, Oh, I'm like. Man, imagine if Schism wins and has control of all these people. Like suddenly, it's eight roots one tree. Love is blind. I just there's something this about intriguing. It. No, but, it, but like, and the other thing too is like, I I nearly shit my pants out of just anger because I was looking at the stand and deliver card. I'm like seven fucking matches. When the fuck are you gonna have time for seven fucking matches on an NXT card? It's usually five. And well, TJ can I, back uh, me up I, on this. Like. But you, but again, yeah. it's WrestleMania weekend. It's wrestling overload. I'm sure they're starting at one o'clock. So and they're all like of... multi-person matches too. Like, no, I know we'll, it's gonna be. A we'll fucking... head on it deeper and like later in the show. But like even like the tag titles now are randomly like a triple threat. I so just I like... just wanted to get this out of the way because this was so egregious to me. Where I was just like, besides Hank Walker, oh my god, we like, got a video package, your boy. I I mean like if Von Wagner's not on my TV, but Hank Walker is, like there's something wrong. Maybe like, there what should do you, be a tag team. What are they? The fucking, what are these... the undesirables? I got to ask Guthrie because Guthrie will make sense of this nonsense to me. What does Hank Walker have that Von Wagner doesn't? I don't know. I don't know if Guthrie's the right person to ask because he thinks Zoe Stark is the best star in the women's division. She's fucking more boring than a fucking like piece of fucking baloney. I'd rather stare at a fucking stale piece of baloney than fucking listen to Zoe Stark talk. If I had bologna available right now, I would I have, have bologna in my fridge. I, I was just going to cut out the eyes and the mouth thing that we would do as kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> Be like, I'm Zoe Stark. I'm Zoe Stark. I'm yeah, Zoe Stark. Yeah, she's just, you know, like, when you know we, and she made fun. I will say this because another little NXT thing. She, uh, Indy Hartwell, who was very impressive in her loss, was throwing a temper tantrum backstage. And Zoe Stark, like, walked by and was like making fun of her. I was like, Oh my God, they're not going to do it. They're going to fucking make them a tag team and Indy's going to make her better and they're going to be a tag team on the main roster. I was like, oh God, no, I can already see it. It just, it's snow. And that'll make Guthrie so happy because he'll get to leech off Indy's impressiveness with fucking Zoe fucking stalemate Stark. Oh, I just, I can't. Anyway, I think we should cleanse the palate here. Get hopeful. Would you like to get hopeful? 
Yes, glorious. You're my only hope because my hope has to do with NXT and it has to do with the North American Championship. They did this weird fucking thing. You want to talk about respect where there's been brawls for weeks of people trying to do Wesley's open challenges. So he was like, I'm going to pick my opponents for this. He gets to pick four of them. Dragon Lee came out. It's exciting. He's going to be in the ladder match. Those two already high-flying awesomeness. But then out comes JD and Ilya, who had a fucking death fucking blood match in a good way. They didn't need no fucking blading for their match. And it was way more physical than the shit you get on Wednesdays. Uh, they had an awesome match, and they uh, they will also be in it. So there's one more person, I think, next week uh, in the Battle Royal. I actually, when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's going to be Tyler Bate. But he's obviously a part of uh, the university, so it ain't going to be him. So I hope it isn't Axiom. He'd be fun, I guess, a ladder match, but that character sucks. It's but my la- hope- It's not a ladder match. It's, it's just not, an open Oh, yeah, that's right. It is just an open. It's like a five-man. Yeah. Whatever. But, yeah, so I'm curious. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, some big dude. Maybe it's your boy Von Wagner. Highly unlikely, but you never know. Uh, but he's not my hope. My hope is that J.D. McDonough wins this fucking thing. I love J.D. McDonough. He was one of – I loved him as, like, the dark, evil cruiserweight champion where they had that, that black championship and whatever. And then, obviously, he had, like, him and Santos had to do, like, a unifying thing or whatever. But – I'm a big JD guy. Always have been. Uh, Jordan Devlin's one of my favorite guys in UK. He was trained by Finn Balor. He's a stud. He's one of the better, like, natural heels I think they have. He's a guy that if he was, like, three inches taller, he'd be one of the biggest stars in the company. But, unfortunately, his size is always going to hold him back. But he is the perfect guy to be a mid-card champion. I feel like the Wesley thing is ending at WrestleMania weekend as much as I enjoyed it. And I think JD's the right guy to do it. He's a stud. You could then have him and Ilya continue their feud if you want. But either way, I think having a good, evil, dominant heel champion is a great way, especially in developmental, to highlight a lot more baby faces. So that's my hope. JD McDonough, new NXT North American Championship of Sandal Ever. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Well, that's something. My hope is something that came up the other day and I just went, oh God, but how do we make this good? The Miz in the WrestleMania musical. Oh God. And I thought to myself, well, clearly this is a point in which it's going to be cringe. This might be the worst part of WrestleMania in my opinion, but how do you make it better? Right? Like, so I was thinking to myself, well, naturally you're going to have some, probably some celebrities come in and do something to save it. Or you're going to have somebody that does something fun, like a Kurt Angle doing Jimmy Crackcorn and I don't care. Or something like hilarious. Maybe The Rock will make an appearance. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe send your welcome for Moana. I don't know. But the one thing I was thinking about was this is a great opportunity here to take the musical and use it as a vehicle for something else. Whether it's adding with the Elias and the Rick Boogs thing or finding other people that aren't necessarily part of WrestleMania. And I'm hoping and praying that they find a way to use this because it shouldn't be live. This has to be a taped segment in my opinion, and it should be a tape segment because the Miz singing live is going to be off key and just terrible. So I'm hoping the promo. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hoping that they can find a way to make this work and I'm really hopeful that they can pull out something special because I'm. this is what I'm looking forward to. This is where some of the surprises are going to happen. Like, this is where we're going to get legends. This is where we're going to get people who aren't on the card, people who are musically inclined. Not that they're going to grab a honky-tonk man or something like that, but you never know. Like, there were. I think there's too many musical things that have happened over the years, whether it's Kid Rock or Flo Rider or whatever you want to talk about at WrestleMania. This is the opportunity here that they're going to try to do something incredibly big. And I think 
having them string it out through the rest of the like and this is the part that i'm probably going to get some pushback from people on i want it to be in segments i don't want it to be one thing i want them to do like throughout the night the needle and the thread singing and dancing things i think that's important going forward because i think that's how you get your more bang for your buck with this because i think in short bursts of like 30 seconds to a minute versus a three to five minute fucking you know show-stopping number that's going to make me vomit. But having little things here and there throughout the two nights with little guests here and there, that's how I would try to predict this thing and try to make it worthwhile because this was the first thing that I saw that made me go, you know, for WrestleMania. The rest of it's been great, but I am curious to see what happens going forward. But I, I this is the part that makes me slightly nervous, but I'm hopeful, very hopeful that they do this correctly. Yeah, I don't really have much excitement for that either. So here's hoping. Yeah, you can hope. That's why it's in the hope. God damn it. Make it better. That's true. You want to get some comeback on that? I guess. Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for years, and now they got a WrestleMania spot. My comeback is a twofer. It's going to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, two deserving women, a beat on the WrestleMania card. We're getting it now with these random uh, Fatal 4-Way tag matches. I don't have a problem with it. They're just little fun things that you throw in somewhere on the card. It gets some more of your talent that deserves to be highlighted there. Liv and Raquel uh, beat Tegan and Emma, another two amazing woman to qualify for the WrestleMania match. I don't know who else is going to be in this woman's match. I feel like they want to put Ronda and Shayna in here, but they're probably waiting to see if Ronda's cleared, but I don't know. Maybe this is how Chelsea and Carmella get in there or Nikki and Candice or some of these random whatevers are there, but the men's one, they just announced, I think it's American alpha uh, or I mean, excuse me, alpha Academy, the street profits, the Viking Raiders and Braun and Ricochet. So that one's already booked. Those are four. That'll be a little fun, little probably five minute, like roar fest, flipping dippy <laughs> woohoo. But the woman's, I'm kind of curious because uh, what they do with it, but I'm just happy that Liv and Raquel are in it because if anyone deserves a WrestleMania spot, it's Liv Morgan with uh, the year she had last year and everything and how she's really arise and gotten over. Um, so I'm glad they, they found a way to carve out a little more space for some of the talent on the card. It's hilarious that it's like Liv Morgan and partner and then Raquel and partner. So now they're partners. It just doesn't make any yeah. fucking sense. Yeah. But there it is. It's fucking yeah. The women's tag division, which has never made sense. Doesn't there matter. is no women's tag division. <laughs> you know, make make somebody give a shit about something. That's all I got to say about that. You know what I mean? My comeback, folks, I completely forgot what my comeback was, to be honest with you. <laughs> what did uh, I say it was? A-Town. Down. Yes. Thank you. I, I, I should have wrote it down. <laughs> I'm giving my comeback to the one and all. <laughs> because, because, because it's been it's been a day. I got I got two kids and I work a full time job. Then I gotta come here after they sleep to fucking make the sense of this fucking world. Give me a goddamn break, please. Um, so I'm giving it to Austin Theory. He had a great match with Montez Ford. Wonderful stuff. But that's not the headline for me. The headline afterwards was what Theory said where he says, you don't believe in me talking to the crowd. Tez, you didn't believe in me. Now you do. And John, after I beat you, you will believe in me as well. And that right there was like, I watched that promo and I thought to myself, he's he's going to be just fine. And there's a real case here for him winning this thing. Because like- Oh, he having, better win. Because be pissed if he doesn't. Cena's saying the thing about like, you just signed your own death warrant, kid. Like, I just- I just don't see Cena having it the night after because 
Cena made a great point in his promo. He said, you got to come out here the next night. He didn't say he was going to come out there the next night. So like there are breadcrumbs here that I think the theory should win this one. So I, I, when I saw it, I'm like every week, he just keeps adding to it. He keeps doing it. And another thing too, is like, he's, he's carrying the feud for the best wrestler, the best Mar well, the best draw in WWE history with the exception of Austin and Hogan and probably the rock, but like, Mm, I think Cena outdrew the Rock, probably, because the but Rock just, was like kind of like folded over with Austin. So yeah, that's fair. But I just think like Cena's just he can carry anybody and anything. But it's interesting to see this guy do all the work. So a town down, better watch out because WrestleMania. I think he's picking up the big dub. And I, again, next week's going to be a huge week for him. It's a go home. I don't know if Cena's showing up or not, but. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because Theory definitely, this is his time. This is his time to shine. Yeah, I'm the JC who shows up, not John Cena. Keep that in mind. But Nestlemania, we're going to go to the big old finish on SmackDown. We have the Mysterio family is there. Rey Mysterio also has a date with, yeah, LA Knight. Uh, we have the Cody Rhodes versus Ludwig Kaiser match as well. I know you're excited for Kaiser. Oh yeah, Cody and, Cody. and Kaiser, like that's just like that's the Jason. And, so here's so here like, so just just so I can play devil's advocate because we do shit on AEW an awful lot and it's going on right yeah. now. Um, we do shit on the fact that there is no storylines and they just have random yeah, matches. But sometimes you do have random matches. It's the balance. It's AEW. There are no storylines. It's just random matches. WWE has storylines, but then also like you need to book a show, so you book some matches, and sometimes they're like they're just matchups. Like that's what it is. Like that's always been a part of wrestling. That because I've seen a lot of people do that, and my that's literally my response is like AEW does that for everything. WWE, like most wrestling promotions, does it with some things, but there's storylines and everything. But this is probably just a way to interconnect a couple feuds so the show will move faster. That was not your best work. Not no, that's literally the reason. It's literally like look at any wrestling promotion ever over the history of time. There's always random matches. They exist. AEW gets shit on because they literally like will be like, oh, a random Wednesday, dream match, dream match. Oh my god, dream match, dream match. It's just like, well, you don't want to build to it if it's such a dream match. Well, then you're losing money, you dumb fuck. Go snort more shit up your nose. This is a snowman. It's not even winter. It's spring. Yeah, spring has sprung. I don't. I, I'd be interested to see what happens on SmackDown. It'll be awesome. On Raw, on Raw, there is a way in between Brock and Omos. Sign me the fuck up. So, how did you feel about that package? Because when I was watching it, I was like, they're trying. They're I trying. I like I said, I like I had to rush through wrestling this week, uh, so stuff like that I could not watch. But I, I'm already in, so I don't need to watch it. That was more for people that aren't in on it. I'm this way in segment's gonna be ridiculous. You know why? Because Brock Lesnar's fucking involved, so I'm he's sold. gonna pick up the scale and throw it. At yeah, but and just it's like it's yeah. I mean, come on, Brock Lesnar's gonna impale Omos with a fucking. <laughs> The fucking way this match is gonna be fucking like it's gonna be like five minutes of just nonstop ridiculousness. And whether they fucking botch it or whether it's clean, it doesn't matter. It's two fucking big giant meaty men fucking going at it. It's just like a Brock Lesnar match. Like they're fun. I have no problem with it. And it's somebody's never fought before. I'm all in. I'm all in. Do you think that there's room here for Brock Lesnar to body slam Omos and F5 him, or is it only the F5 that matters? I mean, I think even like if he fucking find if he could fucking suplex him, I'm impressed with that. Like I don't, I'm impressed by anything he could do to this man. Omos is a big fucking boy, and Brock, like Brock's really strong, but Brock is not like he's Braun Strowman. Like Braun's like fucking double the size of Brock. 
So Brock doing shit like this to someone, it's like anytime Cesaro did something to someone. Of course it's impressive. It's awesome. Okay. Just want to double check. I'm all in, baby. Anything else? Um, want to go to NXT? Uh, we sure, hit on some things, but obviously uh, we, we haven't got to talk much about NXT because we normally record on Tuesday nights. We'll obviously have a full preview and predictions of uh, the Sam Deliver card on next week's show. And you can always catch our boy TJ's work at TJ of the JK on Jabbernaka.com with his weekly NXT write-ups. Joe also does AEW on Wednesdays, so make sure you're always checking those out. But the main event, Nestlemania. We've been anticipating this since the 2.0 started. It was the two guys, the two male superstars that they built 2.0 around, and that is Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. And they've had the kind of like, you know, mutual respect thing going on the whole time because I think they're kind of positioning like when Carmelo does win this, which as of right now is my prediction, they want him to be the baby face. So they're kind of doing it that way. But these two also like had that mutual respect because they fought together at war games and they've been the two like dominant champions who have kind of been like on this parallel thing. And now finally it's intersecting. So this is a really cool feud. I don't think the lead up really matters much to me because I just want to get to the match. So I don't really care about how like mediocre you could, some people might think it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all in for this main event. Braun Breaker is going to be exposed in this main event because I think we all know Carmelo can wrestle circles around him, and but Carmelo is going to sell his ass off. I was going to say, if he's exposed, but... I blame that on Carmelo. No. no I no, think no, Carmelo is no. good enough to make him look great. It's not going to matter. We've I had just... plenty of Braun matches where, where the guy's definitely way better than Braun, but Braun looks great because the other guy brings him up with him. I expect the same out of Melo. So what happened with Grayson Waller then? A uh, steel cage match. You're going to say that was the reason? Yeah. You, you go have a good match in a steel cage and see if I like it. I won't. Okay. You know how many steel cage matches I've liked? You're also biased. You're a, yeah, you're a, they're terrible because you're it's restricting. What is Grayson Waller? He's good with the fucking awesome moves. It's hard to do when you can't fucking, when you got a fucking cage where the ropes are. It's restricting. You are a cage shamer. Yeah, because they suck. If you like cage matches, you're, uh, ugh, there's something wrong with you. Something wrong gonna, with me. I'll kick you out the door and you'll lose. How about All right, that? fine. What else you got? Uh, we have a women's championship ladder match. This is a four-way match, which we now know all the participants. Uh, Gigi Dolan, Zoe Stark, Tiffany Stratton, and Lyra Valkyra. Uh, Roxanne had that weird collapse angle, which, I mean, they're saying she's doing better. And, like, my expectation is still that she's going to come back. And they're doing this as to make her, like, more of that rah-rah baby face where she overcomes it and enters the match late and defends it in the ladder match. But it's weird. It's still a very weird thing to me because... I feel like, I mean, they obviously did something very serious, like passing out after a match or whatever. Like that's just like, if like, you know, and we assume it's all storyline related. So I'm curious your take on this because my expectation is that Roxanne's going to be in this match. That's why there's only four people. Um, but I'm curious what you think. I mean, I, I mean, they said that it's a real thing, but I don't know. Depending on who you think is uh, behind it, you know, like in terms of whether NXT did it for, just to get her off TV for a little bit or whatever. And then, and Shawn Michaels tweet was kind of like very vague about it as well. So I, I still think that she's going to be in it. And I still think she's going to win the thing back. Cause they haven't necessarily really stripped her. No, they they've said like, this is for the very championship though. Yeah. They've just been vague about it. So I would think like day of she adds in and she wins with pop rocks off the top rope or off the top of the fucking ladder or something nuts, whatever. Cause like, like you said, the B, the B, the baby face champion, you got to fucking fight from the bottom. So the other thing too, is like, I don't see Zoe Stark. Sorry, Guthrie as a fucking champion. I see Gigi, but not now. So she's out. 
I don't know if there's Val- one answer. There's one answer. Stratton's the the fucking yeah. the pick, but Stratton's the rocket ship. But the one thing is, is the way that they book Valkyrie and the way that they have the fucking they had the the package with her looking like a superhero running through the hallways and the staircases and the whole thing. And it's like I could see her, but again. She's way too, way too She's green. so new to us yeah. as an audience that I think that's a tough sell. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think I think Stratton would be the most likely, but I think Zoe Stark's probably the second most likely now because she could do it. But I just, I don't think that's happening. This is by Zoe Stark face. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Resting, uh, resting mid-face, uh, we'll call it. Uh, we also have Nestlemania next week. This match isn't official yet, but it's going to be official. Uh, or whatever the type of match at least is uh Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller. Uh Johnny came out and beat up our boy Body Javi, big body Javi this week when he was pretending to be Gargano and Waller was on the screen and Gargano wanted to have a what is, is it like an unsanctioned match or whatever they're trying yeah. to pitch it as. Yeah. So but Grayson said he'll only sign it if Gargano's not there. But they're pretty much they're leaving it up till next week to decide. But either way it looks like Nestlemania you're gonna be getting your 40 minute Johnny uh, Gargano spectacular at stand and deliver. That's all he's good for is his fucking Johnny takeovers, his fucking nonsensical bullshit. One last ride. I mean, he's got to have his farewell, his fucking, you know, tip of the cap at the end of this whole thing. So whatever. If we got to go on that ride, it's fine. Grayson Waller will be fine whether he wins or loses, so I'm not necessarily worried about it. I just don't want this to be a fucking giant fucking production because it will be. But... Yeah. yeah, it'll probably be over the top. And my guess is it, it might kick off the show, but we'll see. Uh, we also we have two more matches to get to, and they are the tag title matches. Uh, there was a little like uh, like a little bar party with Gallus and the Creeds, and then Tony and Stax crashed. And I mean, I we knew that about the reason for Gallus being champions was to set up a feud with the Creeds, but clearly, like NXT, Shawn Michaels is trying to do all he can to get the people deserving of being on the card in the card. And that's why I think Tony and Stax are getting worked in here. I also think it's an easy way for Gallus or the Creeds to not lose. So I'm assuming Gallus retains by pitting Stax. And then we have a Gallus and Creeds feud moving on past this since it is so new and we haven't really had to eat much off the bone there. So that whole segment was just dog shit to me. Like it was just, it felt so forced. It felt like how many fucking bars and diners do we fu- like NXT has turned into fucking dives, drives and, and like all your fucking guys. Hey, stuff. I love that show. Diners, like, drive-ins and dives. Like, honestly, like I'm just sitting there going, when's the fucking wrestling start? You know, like, it's just like, it's like, there's a bar over here. This person owns a bar. It's part of a fucking storyline. It's like, this person's cheating on this person and fucking. Well, like, get oh, their next Nestle. I know like, what you want to talk about. No, but it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, and I said to TJ, I said to everybody in the chat is like, there's too many respect feuds in NXT. You're yeah, not it's of- weird because like Gallus is supposed to be his evil heel. Yeah. Like they're all about this. Like, yeah, we want to drink with you and fight with you. Yeah. We already have that on the fucking main roster. It's called Seamus and Drew McIntyre. Oh, just wait till Gallus and Drew McIntyre. Oh my God. My God. I mean, I don't know. It's but rough. It's, uh, it's rough. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for these guys. It makes sense. But uh, yeah, it just, it, it feels, I think it's rushed, obviously. But then we also have a, a more longer going story. The Kiana and Fallon thing kind of reached ahead. They randomly won the titles, but they're not really a team. And they're facing Isla and Alba, which look like an unstoppable force as a tag team and will likely probably win this match. But we have the Brooks Jensen stuff. So there's a lot of storyline stuff here going on with NXT. But I'm interested to see how it plays out because Kiana and still had Fallon's back backstage. And all this, so, but I'm assuming this is an easy pick, like, next week when we make it, that we're going to have some new champs here. I would hope so, because, honestly, they've they've run their course. There's nothing you can do. It's a short-term problem. You know, you got to have a long-term solution, and I think those two wackadoos with the voodoo are going to be the ones to fucking do it. You know, like, at least there's something to do there. 
wackadoos with the voodoos. Okay. Is that wrong? No, so I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good diction by you. Yeah, I got a good diction. Yeah. Mm, you got good shin. I don't know about dick. <laughs> I'll That's all I got it. for NXT. Those are all the major storylines, except for next week. I think uh, your boy Hank Walker might get in the ring. So oh, my God. Hank Walker. Week. Jesus Christ. Like, you guys shit on fucking Vog, Vog Wagner. Von Wagner. Like, I just... When I see Hank Walker, I'm like, what a fucking name. And then what a fucking gimmick. But I'm telling you, him and Vaughn are destined to be a, a tag team. The Undesirables with Robert Stone managing them. Your dream team. Nestle. Oh, my God. The Nestle dream team. The Walker and the Wagner. There you go. The Walker wagon. The Walker wagon. Get on it. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Please, God, no. On that note, I think we're good, right? Yeah, I'm done. That's all we got. Next week, WrestleMania, we get to preview WrestleMania. We get to preview NXT Stadium Deliver. All that good shit. Like I said, next Wednesday at 8, same time, same place. There you go. News to me. We'll see you next week with more Jobberknockery. Love is blind. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na